0: You can do stand up when you're doing the movie. You can't do really can't do television in the movie okay. at the same time unless you're Kevin Hart. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Lord knows, I don't know how. He I don't like, know. The Kev- Leprechaun, he can just do it all. Like you know, I don't like, know how he. I don't know when I he, he sleeps I mean, or how he sleeps. I just like he was on in the commercial after the commercial one day. I, was like, <laughs> you know, I called him. I said, Kevin, enough. All right. All my life, been grinding. All my life, sacrifice, hustle pay the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice, that's why, all my life, I have be been grinding all my life, yeah, uh, all my life, been grinding all my life, uh, sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, uh, wanna slice, got to roll the dice, that's why, all my life, I have be been grinding all my life. Hello, welcome to another edition of Club Shay Shay, I am your host Shannon Sharp, I'm also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay, the guy that's stopping by for conversation and a drink today. Man, he wears a lot of hat. He's an actor, comedian, game show host, executive producer, director, entrepreneur. He also has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. One of the original OGs of the Kings of Comedy. Over three decades in the industry, the legend Cedric the Entertainer. Say how you doing? What up, bro? What's going on? I don't think I've ever Uh, read read this many. That's nice. Actor, comedian, game show host, executive producer, director, entrepreneur. Yeah. Star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah. The OG. Yeah. Two Taco Bells in Omaha, Nebraska. You got two Taco Bells. No, like, <laughs> <laughs> Everybody I, be like, Yo, man, I thought I see. I thought they was saying Taco Bells. Of yeah. all the things that I read off, what are you most proud of? Uh, you know, I think for me, it's just you know. Um, all of it i love i love to act i love being a father i love being a husband i like being i like you know uh making people laugh on all platforms okay so i really just like the fact that more than anything you that can wear my, all those In my career it said that i've tried to do it and and have done a lot of things you mentioned you were talking we, you and i was talking off camera and you say you grew up in caruthersville yeah. Missouri which is a small town near the arkansas border moved to st louis when you were growing up in caruthersville what was Cedric? What were you thinking? What did he want to be? You know, I mean, at that time, you know, you wanted to be an athlete. Everybody. That was a small town right. lifestyle, you yeah. know. So, you know, you you were like, kind of taught to play sports. And you, my mother was a schoolteacher, so you know, education was a big part that of my grades. Yeah, yeah. So that was a big part of my, you know, kind of like uh, internal household. Right. Just my mother and my younger sister, myself, and so. But, you know, the relatives, all your uncles and cousins, it's like, yo, you got to play sports, man. You got to get out of here. Okay. So, but I was also a very, as a young kid, I can remember being a very kind of fun, gregarious kid. Like, right. that had the jokes and was quick with it. Right. Even as a kid. But you couldn't be too because your mom was a school teacher. She was going to hear about you acting a fool in class. and <laughs> i told people that i said i never really i know was the class clown everybody was like you was the class clown i'm like "Nah, i was the class
1: clown
0: i'll just shoot mine like because like, they they actually when we moved to st louis they were actually my mother taught in the same school district that we went to okay she taught elementary we were in we were uh, you know i was more in uh, in uh, junior high school at that time. And so, but the teachers all knew each Ooh, yeah, other. Correct. So they was like, oh, you know, if I did something crazy, they called my mother quick. I remember I wanted to be bad one year, and I didn't smoke, but I used to want to hang out with all the kids that, uh, like, smoke cigarettes. And my grades dropped. My was like, what is going on? I said, I just want to be bad, mama. <laughs> I want to be bad. What, what, what were the PGA meetings like? Uh with with the with the mom yeah. with the, oh, I mean you know again for the most part she just kind of sit there and you know here wanna hear what we did and you know and, and what we did wrong but she was always there. That's one of the reasons why also like I was a pretty good athlete. Right, but my mother was a single mother raising us. And she picked me up from football practice one time. And because I didn't really know all the stuff, I was in this was my junior, junior high, my freshman year. I'm in football practice with some church socks on. <laughs> so I got, because I wanted to look good. I had my I had my, my athletic socks on. Right. And then I had some matching, like, you know, church socks right. that looked good with my uniform. And my coach saw it and just was like, what, what you doing, pretty boy? It basically made me be the tackle dummy for the linebackers and the and the D-line. defensive end. Yes. And I was just literally running and My mother came to pick me up and saw them, saw them big dudes, boom, put me in the ground. That was it. I was off the football team. That was it, that was it. She that was, was it like, for that. I was begging she was like, nah. I ain't gonna do, ain't gonna do my okay. baby like that. Okay, so now your athletic career is over. That's over. When did you realize that you wanted to be a comedian? How did that happen? Uh, there, you know that was really much later, to be honest. You know, I was uh, like I say, as, as I got a, got a, got transitioned from athletics, start doing the school plays. Okay. A wild choice to make back then. Okay. That wasn't. Yeah, really yeah. Now how did that? How did that go over? It, you know, again, <laughs> it, was a, it was a certain stigma. <laughs> yeah, you know. To that back in there, yeah. even more in that time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, the fact that, you know, the fact that I wanted to be in plays, then it became this thing like, oh, are you too much of a mama's boy? Mm -hmm. You know, but, you know, I was funny in the first play. I got in, I played. I don't even remember what the character was, but I remember it was funny and I made people laugh. So acting was probably the first thing that you wanted to do even before becoming a comedian. Probably it didn't recognize no. it, right? Didn't didn't have, but uh, at that time the schools had those kind of programs. Right. We had we had band, we had you know uh, you know plays and you know Called theater drama, department, drama club. department, yeah. <laughs> and it was it was serious. By the right. time I got to high school, like it was like dope teachers and right. people really taught you how to act, and right. so you know I became strong at that, and that's kind of you know the, the choice I made from there on out. So you, you're, doing the, you're doing the drama thing, knowing the stigmatism, the, the stigma that came with that, that yeah. you're probably making fun of you. So you're like, okay. When did you realize that you can make something of this? You know, I think, you know, like again, during those times I sang in groups. I was like, you know, kind of where the whole name came from. I used to sing, I used to dance. I was trying to, I, I told my mother I wanted to go to like a high school like fame right okay you know at that time i was like mom i'm good i can do all that you know and the only one we had in st louis was like in the inner city and it was like really far you know 20 miles from my house i would have had to take the buses again see a single mother she didn't pull me off the football team right. ain't no way she gonna let me take a bus across town to go to school right. so that was out so so but you know i just did what i you know could in that area got in singing groups always it was like trying to perform different ways and you know i think that was the, that's when i knew i can entertain the crowd right but it didn't really happen until i you know i got in college and i started like doing a radio show And just all these kind of things just led to me recognizing my personality, and I could hold an audience. Right. And you know, and I started comedy much later than like I was out. I was out of school. I was working for State Farm, and 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 a dude that was a comedian used to borrow things that I say, and was like, "Yo, you could be a comedian." Right. And he just told me and sign me up for a comedy competition. How did you come up with the name Cedric the Entertainer? That was uh. I told the story before. It's a very, it's, 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 I don't know what you call it, serendipity, right? Right. Like I, I was uh. I used to go by a lot of different names. I used to have, you know. I used I to know the word Cheerio. Come on, man. You can't use <laughs> Cheerio. Come on, man. Cheerio, Cheerio, lit. <laughs> <laughs> that's lit, man. Nah. How, how did you? First of all, how did you land on Cheerio? <laughs> of all the names, of all the names. Hey man so all i remember was it used to be a, a comedian named kodak okay and you know and he, he used to go by kodak everybody knew him and he had the one name so i had my name my name is cedric i used to do by cedric and then when people announced my real last name i just didn't really like that as right. a comedian name right. so i was trying to come up with a name and so i was like c cheer cheer me happy. And You know, my name is Cedric. It's a C in it. I'm right. like, cheerio. Right. Like, yeah. He just came out. I, got, I had the necklace and everything, dog. I used mm. to have a chain. <laughs> so, you go... So, obviously, okay, you start out. Uh, you doing the acting. You like the drama aspect of it. But you go to the comedian side. Yeah. Did you know eventually that becoming a comedian would lead you to be in movies? Well, it was starting to be around that time. Like, right. you know, like, this is... This is mid, this is late 80s, 87-ish, 89. So you start to see, like, like, of course we had the super famous guys. So it was, you know, Richard Pryor and the Bill Cosby's at yeah. that time and the Red Foxes. But then Eddie Murphy was popping off, yeah, right? Eddie, Eddie, and Eddie, he was young. Yes. He was a guy that felt like us, right? right? So you start to see, like, oh, young people then, you know, shortly after came the, you know, the, the living colors. And then people, you start to know people like Martin, and then you know, and I at that time just through stand-up, met Steve Harvey. So right. it was one of those one of those times where you started to recognize, like, all right, cool, comedy could be a way out. Like, right. You know, it started to grow. But you know, beforehand you could, you would just think you could never, because everybody was big time. You know, yeah. if you 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 didn't know the, the low low level people, you only knew the big names, right. and it was very few of them. So that didn't really seem like a true path, to, you know, to stardom. You mentioned that you get, you got you're starting in the late eighties, but you see the transition that a lot of the comedians made. You look at Richard Pryor being a comedian and then he's huge. Yes. You see Eddie Murphy, comedian, he's huge. Yes. Obviously Red Fox and some of the others. Did you think, man, that could be my path? Once once it started to happen, like once I tried stand up and you know, I mean the first the first time I ever did it, I got a stand ovation and won five hundred dollars. So I, I what? <laughs> and, you know, that was the most money I made at one time because right. I had jobs, right. I had corporate jobs and did well, right. but not like somebody hand you a right. bunch of cash. Right. Like, you was like, yo. Like, you know, and I started doing the math. Like, if I can do this right. three nights a week, I'll be killing my job, you know? Were, were you where so while you're selling, so you're selling insurance or you're with State Farm, Yeah. are you doing the comedian on the side? Yeah, I was a claims adjuster, so okay. I handled the wreck afterwards. Oh, okay, you know? okay. And show up, you know. So you're the you the know. one that underselling? Nah, it ain't worth that. It's like I you, yeah, exactly. I give you five, I give you five hundred on the total cost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know. You, but you know your peoples though. They be coming there and trying. You know, this a classic, say? Like, no, that's a cutlass. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a classic. Maybe yeah, nowadays, but it, back then, a Cadillac, that's an old cutlass family. Right. I know you love it, but that's not. I can't give you all the money you're trying to get for that. When, when you told your mom. you like mom this corporate thing ain't for me Mm. i'm about to become a comedian Mm. (laughs) full-time what was her response you know that was a tough one because my mother again she's from a small town worked her way up through college definitely believed in get you a job corporate that was the journey that everybody did at that time if you weren't you know like an athlete and you know gonna be in the NFL or the NBA then you know it, your best bet was to get a good you know get a college degree get a good corporate job and work your way up that was it and I was on that path I'm working for State Farm I got like an opportunity I wear a suit and tie right. I got a little I got a little corporate card I got a company credit card She like those are the things that you want in life and I was like no I don't so right. I remember I, I told her I wanted to quit and, you know, and do comedy. But I had a strategy. I said, I'm not going to just quit. I want to try to work my way to, a, 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 you know, where it makes sense. But I definitely don't want to do this job. Right. This and is not so, my 30 year Yeah, this is not me. And she was like a little saddened by that, you know, thinking that that was a good plan. But I remember uh, I told her a joke that I wrote. I wish I could remember this joke exactly. But I just remember I told her a joke that I had written and we've in the kitchen at my childhood house and she laughed so hard she went to the ground okay and that's my vivid memory of my mother getting who I am you know like so it was like it was just a dope moment because I still just remember the fact she laughed that hard like she was just right she was on the ground and so that was like dope and so um and then she came to a couple of shows. <laughs> I remember she told me not to curse. So, you know, like, it's so early on in my career, I'm kind of known for not cursing. People right. think, to this day, people still think I don't curse when I do comedy. But it ain't motherfucking true, <laughs> 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 So when, when your mom comes, do you have to alter your material when your mom's in the audience? For sure i mean you know like to a degree i mean i i end up of course trying to honor that and write to things that was just bright and smart and things that try to have a little more context to them uh but you know if if i had jokes that i felt like was a little risque for her i probably wouldn't do it if she was at the show like you know that would be that would be a choice to just you know just respect on gp but but, you know, it was things that if I felt that, I, mean, I mean, we had to talk about this one time. I was like, mom, if the joke calls for it, like I've tried to do it, uh, you know, like where I do it all clean. But I told her, I said, if I write this joke and it feels like it calls for this naturally, I just got to say it. Right. I, I don't really want to start to try to alter, right. you know, my show. But. But it did help me from going on stage and just literally using curse words as bridges to the next thing. Right. Right. You Sometimes know? a joke calls for a curse word. Exactly. There's no other way around it. That's exactly. the only bridge that could connect it. Exactly. From the beginning to the end, is that curse word? Exactly, and so you know, you got to trust that as a comedian. You it's right. instinctual, right? Right. right? But then, you know, but then you also know people that basically just use curse words as a bridge to another thing, and they right. don't, they don't even mean it. They didn't have to say it. Right. So it's like, why? You know? But you just kind of relax on it, and then people go like, "Oh, he wrong. Right. And is he? Yeah. You mentioned that Steve Harvey. You met Steve Harvey. You and he had a show, the Steve Harvey Show, that was yeah. unbelievable. Right. We're gonna talk about your um your sitcom career cause man, you be you, you be knocking them out of the park when you when you hop on it, that thing yeah. goes into syndication. Yeah. The residual the thing nice, huh? Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? You, know I'm saying? you know, open up the mailbox in the OG style. <laughs> oh, well, that? Oh, okay. When Let's go somewhere. W- the movie. How did you how did you transition from, okay, I'm a comedian, okay, I write this. To having something written for you, and to be able to project that, let say it, let the guy that they see on stage, because this is what they want. They want the funny guy. Yeah. They that the scene on stage. They want him to project now for 120 minutes. Yeah. That was, uh, of course, like again, I think having my theatrical background and you know from high school and in college, you know, it was a part of like stand up. Even my early stand up had a lot of characters in it right. i would do like full characters right. and, and scenes to tell a joke right and so i think for me to transition from both television and but but to film really was a better transition for me because you know it has a lot more like true natural character stuff you know in tv you are trying to deliver a punch line to hit them right, right. but in a movie you can be the guy right like you can so so barbershop one was one of the first First thing, I did another small movie called Ride. That was my first movie, and it had the great, late, great John Witherspoon in it playing my brother and Snoop Dogg. But I was like in good hands because the director was from St. Louis. Okay. and uh, Millicent Mm Shelton and then the, uh, the, the producers with the Hutland brothers, they from East St. Louis. Okay. So it was like this family situation. They took care care of it. Right. Yeah. So, but I think by the time I started doing barbershop, barbershop, Eddie, Eddie Eddie became, but you mentioned that how they wanted you to play another part. Yeah. And you was like, nah, I'm Eddie. Yeah. This, this me, this, I I got to do Eddie. Yeah, they wanted. Uh, actually, it was the the part that Anthony Anderson ended up playing was what they wanted me to play. And I was like, when I when I read the script, I was like, no, nah, this old man, I know him, like I can do him. And, and they were like, you sure? And then you know they wanted to cast an older actor. And I, when I came in and did a, um, I did the read. Reading. They wanted to hear the script, right? And we did the read. And so when I did it, it just was like they got it right away. Right. I mean, the whole the voice, the attitude. Right. Like, I could literally do Eddie without even – I don't know if anybody <clears> – <throat> it's hard to say that now after seeing you play him in a couple of the, uh, the the series. Yeah. It's hard to believe somebody else could have played that part and done a better job than what you did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for sure. And I I, I believe that too. It was definitely transitional that was was me. That role was meant for you. Exactly. Transformative in my career. It literally transformed me from being, you know, one of the dudes in the group till when that movie came out, because, I was in the next situation. He said, "You know what? They see you that. Obviously, Ice Cube did a great job. Yeah, uh, in the movie. But now they see you. Not only can you, you know, be uh, follow up, but you can lead. Yeah. Okay. Was was the Johnson family led yeah, led, to, led to that? Exactly. Right. And that and Johnson family vacation was again one where i also started to add my producers that right because it was a movie that i had that i felt was right for me right we took it to the studio and then made the movie the way we wanted to make it. right so that was really great that was a g- another great transition of being able to like grow in this business go mm-hmm. from taking your skill and then putting it into place to build another part of your business right so, so now you got to have you you you, you do the TV and you're unbelievable with TV. So how 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 are you juggling? I mean, like when you're doing a movie, obviously there's no there's no stand up gig because right. movie you three three four months. Yeah. Uh, there's no TV because you can't do can or can you hop back and forth? You can't. You can do. You could do stand up when you're doing a movie. You can't do really can't do television in a movie okay. at the same time unless you're Kevin Hart. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Lord knows, I don't know how. He's I don't like, know. the Leprechaun. He can just do it all like you know. <laughs> I don't know how he I don't know when he sleeps or how he sleeps. I just like he was on in the commercial after the commercial one day. I I called him, I said, Kevin, enough. All right. I'm buying it all. I got everything you can sell it, so don't talk to me no more. So I'm gonna talk about your your wine. Oh yeah, man. You came out with a wine, Zeta Napa Valley Red, which was inspired by your mom, Rosetta. Yeah. And served as the educator for 30 years. Obviously, I have a cognac also. Tell us about the process of coming up with a wine or coming up with something that's going to honor your mother because obviously when someone does that, that person had a tremendous influence, an impact on their life, and you want this, you want, her to, you want the world to know who this woman is. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know, again, my mother didn't, she didn't really drink much right. or, you know, have, you know, that kind of lifestyle, but she would right. like a glass of wine every now and then. So, uh, you know, of course I've been approached like so many people about different brands, you know, partner with, you know, liquor companies and liquor brands. And, uh, you know, a friend of mine had started working in Napa and then another friend that I have a business with knew these, knew the, the winery. Mm-hmm. and. I I just went to go meet the guy one day, we sat on the wine, you know, in the vineyard, chilled, talked, got to know each other, started laughing, started drinking, and then he liked to do philanthropic things with Mm -hmm. wine. Right. And so we we started to develop this idea that my mother was an educator and into literacy so we can develop a wine and give to literacy programs, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's how we developed the Zeta and you know, I, I started to really understand the wine, started tasting it, started explain what I wanted and got something that I felt is very special. I wish I'd have brought you a bottle. You know, it's like a very special that uh, is a great wine, man. People enjoy it, it's doing really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're actually, you know, on our second vintage. So we like popping off uh, right now. Congrats, congrats on that. Yeah. The TV, Steve Harvey was your first. Yeah. Then, you had your own. Yeah, so that I had, so I went to Steve Harvey, then I did Said Entertainment Presents. Yep. Uh, that was on Fox, then we went to the Soul Man. Yep. Uh, and now in the neighborhood. Right. So, And I had a couple of pilots all in between, but those are the ones that ran, like, you know. And uh, the neighborhood and they, they, in they syndication. Yep, uh, syndication, Soul Man syndication, Steve Harvey show and uh, you know we only did one season of said entertainer presents and it, you know it's unfortunate because it's got great great skits on there but it was around that same time that the Chappelle show was right. popping off too and uh so it just you know the, those two things were in competition as far as the audience goes i guess when when you sit down and you do tv what do you what do you what, do you, what, are, you, what are you trying to get across what do you want the audience to see what do you want them to know what do you want them to feel like, I mean, for me, like, you know, like I said, growing up in a small town, my biggest memory of watching TV was watching it with my grandmother, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that was her thing when she came home and chill. It's the grandkids, we all kind of gathered around her. So I remember shows like Hee Haw. Yeah, but Hee Haw. And Laughing. Right. And so, you know, the Jeffersons, Good Time, yeah, all in the yeah, family, all the- all that the- stuff, yeah. man. And so it was a it was that feeling of knowing that when people come home, they want to laugh. They right. want to be with each other and they want to be able to do something. So that's the same feeling I'm trying to get when I do a TV show. I'm trying to tell you a story and allow you to kind of come into these people's world that makes you laugh and you can sit back and just watch they, their stuff and have a good time. And that's, you know, and if, we, if every now and then from the Jeffersons and from uh, good times you learn every now and then you can put in a real message you right can put, You can say something important, but it ain't a requirement right. Yeah. When you' sitting when you were sitting there watching those, did you ever think you would have one of those? Oh no. Now again, you think about being in a small town like that in Missouri that's so far, far removed, that's mm-hmm. so far removed. So far away and even you know, once you get to <laughs> once you get to Hollywood you realize right. how far it is away I just remember like, you know doing came, came up on the uh, Comic view really getting my yeah. popularity. Yes. in the black like the whole yeah. as, 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 a, as a comedian in the black community Yes, so I remember used to be really being black famous, right and no and people in Hollywood had no idea Who I was right. so I was super like I went to Detroit Dog, I might shut this ball down, right. you know? But you come out here, you go going to meeting right. like Cedric the interrogator. <laughs> oh, God, I love you. Love your stuff, Cecil. You're so funny. You'd be like, it's Cedric. <laughs> you have Patty LaBelle on your show and she plays your mother. Yes. What's it like working with Patty? Did she bring you any pie? Did she bring you any pie? She, man, it was COVID, so she couldn't bring anything. I was trying to talk her into, you know, cooking because, you know, and she's actually made food for me before. Like, okay. so, you know, Miss Patty can get down. Or she so. get down like that? Yeah, so that's like another thing that people don't know. Like, even when she's on tour, right. she have a whole kitchen come in, you know, so right. she cooks. So, but, but, you know, it was COVID. We couldn't really do any of these things. But she's so great. She's gracious. Uh, she actually, you know, I do a big fundraiser for my mom in St. Louis, and she was one of the first people to say yes to come in and perform for that have a big gala and so she's just great so when i called her to come and play my mother it just was really kind of full circle because that was the only one my mother got to see before she passed was when patty games So right. that was great so so it was like she was the only one lady i mean other than gladys knight there was the two that right. i wanted to be my mama right like, you know you talked we talked about earlier and like telling jokes but now said we're in a different time yeah things that were funny and you could say about different groups. Yeah. You can't say as much now, or you can't say it all. How do you walk that line? Do you go right up to it? Because I mean, still a Chappelle uh, Chappelle's yeah. Chappelle, like, look, I'm a comedian. Yeah. And my job sometimes is to defend people. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I'm yeah. not sorry. Yeah. I'm gonna say the joke. I'm gonna say what needs to be said, and you do with it. But I think he's different, because. Chappelle doesn't need, He walked away from Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. So he said, I don't really need Hollywood. I'm gonna tell these jokes, cause I can go sell my, to Netflix yeah. and I, we cool. Yeah. Or I'm gonna go do up and we cool. <laughs> How do you walk that line, say? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the thing that you have to be most aware of. I think as a comedian, of course, your job is to be, you know, a provocateur, orator of the world and the way you see it. It's important for comedians to be free to say things the way they see it and the way they wanna say it. So I'm a big fan of that, right. and at the same time, I'm on CBS, <laughs> the Tiffany. Okay, so I pretty much know if I say something that crossed the line, it won't necessarily just affect my livelihood. But again, having a big TV show means that you hire. I probably have uh, you know a, a crew and a staff of 130 people right. that work for me. And if I if I'm willing to just fall on the sword of some joke. And, and ruin it for everybody else is not really responsible right so I think about it that way as well so certain things yeah you might want to say it and then you decide when I'm on that stand-up stage I feel like it's my duty to be free up there yeah so I don't I don't try to you know temper myself too much and at the same time, you know my brand and who I am in general is not necessarily to offend right. my jokes gonna have they can be they could be offensive to some, but, there, sure but there's a they're... message a lot, and, and at the end of the day a comedian job yeah he wants to be funny but he's trying to get a message for him. He's trying to get yeah. a lot of things happen re- you know these are these are truth that I made funny yeah exactly and I always say this too if you could kind of stand in the truth of what you believe then that's that. You gonna you gonna have your argument. People are gonna have dissenting opinions. So be it. You know right. what I mean. But if I believe I'm really truthful about this, and I'm not saying something for shock value, or just to be rude, or just to feel right. like I'm you know being. Contrary, you ain't up there trying to be the old Andrew Dice Clay. Right. Just yeah. I'm just contrary for the hell of it. Right. Like, just gonna be rude to people. Right. Like that ain't that ain't dope to me. So when you look at the fallout, um, I don't know how, what your feelings mm-hmm. are on what had transpired at the Osc- Oscars. But looking at the fallout and the aftermath, do you believe Will Smith will ever be what he once was? I think it'll be tough. I, I, I think that it really will be a tough call. I know that you know that this is a town that is about that business of business, and Will Smith has proven to be a box office star. You know, uh, has that star been dampered or dim Sure. So, right. will the people take these chances? Yeah. And if he's able to do it again and hit when he hit. King Richard was out at the time that it happened, but it's, again, a successful movie that still plays every day, right? right? And he won the Oscar the night he did the actual deed. And right. so people don't relate them as the same thing right. for whatever reason, right? There's, there's that deed and then King Richard. And you're like, oh, I like that movie and I'm willing to watch it, maybe because it's about Serena and them in a bigger story, but I, I don't put them in the same category. so. You know, I mean, they're both good dudes to me, and right. so it was it was unfortunate to see it happen. You know, and I'm two sides in the corner. I got in trouble for a joke, because I felt like sometimes, you know, somebody got to get the shit slapped out of them. I ain't right. saying it's, it's- It should've it, been, it it been, been Chris. But somebody- but, I mean, people act like that ain't a real thing in right. life. Like, that's a thing that people forget, because we live in this Twitter world, right. and everybody feel like they can say what they want to say, and you, people forget, oh, it's a part of the world. Somebody exists. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one yeah, contest. Yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like You see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's going guard, and then on I'm top of it, like that. like see
1: that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from him <laughs> crying, tears, I mean, he was in a culture
0: shock, and then he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? Ain't <laughs>
1: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: <laughs> I see. Nice. Did, 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 did the apology seem sincere? I mean, he's come out. I mean, I thought I thought when he got up there to accept the awards said, this is just me. He apologized to everyone, the Academy and this one and that one, but not the man he had just slapped. He was mad that night. He was really mad, dog. And like I don't know exactly what the thing was, but what all all I tell people, in my opinion, is for you to physically get up and go and walk feet. In that place. At that that moment. Any place. If you ever been in a fight, bro, you understand, like you on that football field, y'all out there grinding. If you get outside yourself Mm -hmm. for the moment that you literally about to fight another person, you're not who you are. Right. Period. It does, it just don't happen unless you a brute. Right. Like if you a brute and you walk around thugging people, right. that's you. But most human beings, dog, for me to literally go, I'm gonna walk up and slap shit out. Right. I'm I'm not me right, right. now. I'm some I'm outside my normal way of being. And that's the truth. And cause I've I've had physical altercations and I can remember not knowing what happened why why what led to it I just was it was on. you said something you spit on me you called me there it happened we went we right. didn't you know everything else was out the window all the decorum and yeah the what proper, about the movie what about the movie yeah what, what about, about the going movie? what yeah. am I doing oh that is, this dude walked 30 feet to do he that. did you don't do that, dog. You don't do that in a natural sense of state. That's not a not a human reaction to something unless right. you wake up every day as a villain. Right. That's that's what villains do. Right. But a normal person ain't going to walk 30 feet to go slap somebody. You mad, for real. What's <laughs> going on with the comedians? Um, I just saw last week Michael Blackson and Cat Williams beefing. Michael Blackson said something about you know comedians can be forgiven. I think he said that Cat Williams smoked crack. Cat took offense to that. <laughs> we see Monique. And dl was going back and forth monique has since apologized but y'all y'all like rappers y'all can't we just oh, get along man, what, what's, up with the, what's up with the comedian be? i need the chains man <laughs> we like rappers I, man i would need a little baby chain <laughs> no you know i think that again we live in a world where we definitely more accessible to people and you know the idea that somebody makes any comment about anything then people could take that any any sound bite cut it up in a way that makes it a, an offensive statement, right. right? And if people take that and we live in a world where that comes comes to fruition, then you have a lot of misunderstandings. Right. You do have people jumping on these things for for the idea of the fodder of it all, like right. the idea. So half the time, you know, those, those incidents don't even, you know be real like you know again people end up apologizing because they go like oh i didn't even have all my facts right you know oh i didn't at the time i didn't know i was just mad and and it comes off good because we all live in this if i put it on my instagram then it's true right you know so that's that's where i really feel that that's happening in the world of comedy now because it is a bunch of measurements about who is the best and why and who you know and some people base it on money some people base it on funny right so you know like and people started to measure themselves about that kind of thing right you know, luckily for me, I'm just from a generation where we out the way, at least for me, like, I don't. Well, you, I mean, you were, I mean, Kat said you stole one of his jokes. Yeah, like, I mean, it was ridiculous. You know what I mean? It was like the idea of the joke that he was even talking about, don't even match up with no timeline. So for me, it was one of those things like. Did you have a conversation? Did you guys sell it? Did you have a conversation with Kat? Well, I responded to him the way he responded to me, but that's what I said as well. I've seen Kat, you know, even before then. Right. I've seen this guy 30 times, like, dog, if you literally was that upset, upset about, it. about it, like dog, just kept and say, hey, yeah, hey, why didn't you say nothing?" You, like that don't even make sense. This is this is some internet shit, and uh, that's all I can say. So you know, when I responded to him, he didn't respond back to me, and I left it at that. Has- do you feel that uh, someone else has stolen some of your material? Oh, that, that's a part of this business. Right. Like, you know, and I think that, you know, sometimes it's intentional and sometimes it's not. Right. Like, uh, you know, like I would say, sometimes people will hear a joke or, or take a, a slice of your material and make it their thing. Right. But the the origin of the joke came from you. Right. And and, and so that's happened. That's a part of it. That That is... That is not a not an uncustomary thing. Right. Now, everybody knows that comedians, you you know, your job is to write original material. Right. Your, Your job is to have original point of view. So I'm not I'm not saying that that's not a, you know, something that can't happen. But this particular thing didn't happen. But in general, yes, I've had people take my joke you hear, Did they make you hear it funnier it? than you have made it? I don't, uh, maybe for them, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it works for them, they put it in their set. Right. You know, like you hear it, like you're like, yo dog, that's my joke. Like you just changed it a little bit, but that's my joke. You look at Aerie Spears, and I want to talk about him and his, his thing to Lizzo. Was that off limits, off base? again it's a branding thing like that's a Harry Spears brand as right. far as I'm concerned you know what I mean like he's a guy that take them kind of chances to tell jokes right. you know his sense of humor it, 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 that's the, the right. that's the space he goes to so you know for him he was telling the joke like for for the media and the people they you know we want to get into fat shaming or whatever the the, the topic of the The day is right, so you can you can at least easily offend anybody at any time. Right. So that's the that's the point. I think for me, I don't you know I think it's distasteful. It just ain't my taste. Right. But so, but I. But if you make a joke that, about someone, theoretically, you can offend. Every joke you tell that has to be about someone can it, be offensive. It, 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 whether it you talk be. about someone's speech impediment, exactly. whether you talk about the way they walk, the way they yeah. look. Exactly. So you can offend. If somebody wants to be offended, they gonna yeah. be offended by what you say. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you, we was talking about this the other day because on Kings of Comedy, Beat Mac, late great yeah. Bernie Mac, he got a whole joke about a ret- uh, you know yeah, a, a, dis- a, dis- a challenge, yes. disability. Yes, made a you can't say none of that now. Right, right. You couldn't do no parts of that joke. He right. called the little boy, the the, 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 the kids, yep, and, and all the kids that was growing the up. P- he just nieces and nephews. called called the f word. Yeah. Right. You can't do none of that right. no more. But these things was exactly at that time considered funny. Right. So if you start to retro people or what they said and how they said it or what they said in life, and now here we go charging them for the crime today. That is, you know, that's a hard thing to do to someone who's supposed to be speaking freely. Let me, I, I want to continue on this, but I want to go back. Prior, Murphy, some of the guys and the joke that they told back then, how would they survive in today's climate? Dude, we watched, <laughs> we watched Delirious the other day. We like, nope, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You no, know, we still start counting off jokes. Like ain't, wouldn't be there, wouldn't be there. <laughs> Eddie Murphy ain't really that good. <laughs> you know, you find you, you find yourself trapped in that story. Yeah. Like if I had to take off all the jokes Eddie Murphy couldn't say nowadays, right. you'd be like, eh. Ah. Oh, yeah. But that's the that's the difference, yeah. right? Climate, the times we live in, what's acceptable in society. And we just got to a point again, we just have a lot more. Exposure to each other. We have a lot more growth that's happened as people right. so sensitivity Awareness about you know things that just wouldn't be acceptable, you know, none of none of the gay culture would be acceptable You know like back then, right. you know, none of it. No you know, let alone let alone the, how it's grown into, you know multiple letters, you right. know what I mean? So that is that's something that just was you you have to understand this is the world that we live in, and then you, as a, as a person growing and accepting and understanding that we live in a great big wide world, then that's the thing. And I think if people literally just truly trusted that part, right. then you wouldn't you wouldn't have to you know you know castigate against anybody that was different than you. You don't really care. Tiffany Haddish um, says that she lost everything yeah. and it was because of some old skits. Cause it kind of like she kind of like every Spears said what he said about lizzo they went back and started dragging up skits that she was involved in yeah. and then she kind of got dragged into something that she really didn't have anything to do with and it's like oh but well, you remember and you know uh, this came out and somebody yeah. wanted to sue her and then the charges were dropped but the damage is already done yes yes that, i mean that's you know and again those are the things that you know again we live in accusatory point point the finger at you first and then you have to and it's guilty that. I mean it's, yeah. it's not no longer you know innocent until proven no. guilty you're guilty until proven innocent yeah and in, 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 in anything like I say I could throw you the you know I could throw you anything out there in out of context of like how it was shot when it was shot what right. it's about and then and if you saw it as that thing bro you're gonna be like oh man that's terrible which again to us today Uh, That that particular joke just was distasteful. I don't know exactly who would even have shot that right, you know Or thought that was funny Even at any time time, at any time, but however, you know Somebody thought it was funny right and they did it right so you know and now here it is You know this many years later and it you know adversely affect her for real like it hit her career in a real way man, so have you um, talked to her? Has she? Reached- I reached out to her. We text back and forth when it first happened. You know, of course, these are not the times where people want to just be taking a 100 phone calls. But, right. you know, she knows that I got love for her and, you know, just really just trying to make, you know, in my, you know, just wanting, you know, wanting the case to be, of course, if if it was uh, really a bad case against her, just really rooting for it. That's all, you know, that's all I, that's all I can say. Growing up in St. Louis, I mean, you guys have, I mean, obviously you got a great baseball team when you, when you know, in the late 60s. Uh, uh, with
1: Bob Gibson, Gibson yeah. the
0: cards were, were unbelievable. Lou Brock. Lou Bro- yes, yes. Yeah. Kurt Flood. Yeah. Um, Kurt Flood. Now you look at Jason Tatum, you got Bradley Beal, Ezekiel Elliott. How proud are you for those guys being from St. Louis? You're from St. Louis. Yeah. You you probably remember. I don't know. You you probably the ages a lot of these guys' parents. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so how 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 proud are you from like? I got some homies that that made it. Doing uh, it big. Oh man, I mean it's big. I mean because it is it, you know St. Louis though it's a, you know a big city. It's a small town. Right. Like you know and so that connection is very real. So mm-hmm. we love we love that. You know you love to see you know. People pop off and come represent the city. I mean, so you know, it don't even matter what team they play for. At this point, you hold it down for them, right? Right. You know, like we we in St. Louis, we didn't grow up as no Celtics fans. Right. But if Jason playing, like we rooting for the Celtics. Right. right? That's our whole thing. Ezekiel, you know, you can't root for the. That never really happened. (laughs) I, that's what I was going to say. I was like, Ezekiel, you know, he on his own. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? I wish saying? you the best. Yeah, but, but yeah, <laughs> I'll see you after the game. You know what I'm saying? Take your jersey off and we all meet up. Right. You know, put your St. Louis hat back on and you good. Yeah. You know. Did you know Nelly before you guys blew? I mean, before you became said the entertainer, before he became Nelly Moe, did you guys know each other? Yeah, so I, you know, I was... I was young, said the entertainer, so I was actually popping off. I used to do a com, I used to do a, uh, uh, a variety show, like right? A talent show, yeah. And so I would come back to St. Louis and do this talent show, and you know Nelly then was a local with a local hit, doing really well. So I I hired them to be like the final act, okay? So they didn't compete; they was just like the person that everybody came to see, right? And that was my first time meeting them, and that particular night when i saw the group there was the whole lunatics nelly was automatically the star right and so i just remember when they got their deal everybody you know they came to me was like yo they want to just sign nelly we don't we ain't going i said guys like y'all need to really like, learn the truth about yourself. Right. Nelly to start. Right, yeah. Like, if yeah. y'all and Nelly will take y'all with him, but y'all can't expect to go in there with six people, bro. Yeah. Like, that's not happening in big business. Nah, like, that's the, small The, the group time. thing over. That's, uh, you The know, OJ. the 4 top the Jackson 5. Yeah, ain't nobody. You remember, either. remember, yeah. they cut the Jackson 5 to 1. See? It was Michael. My- <laughs> See? <laughs> It started out, they did it all because they was family. Yes. yes. They, it was smart. They was like, yo, everybody come on and yes. we gotta who what the what's the other boy's name? Marlon. Marlo. Okay, we gonna do that's what. that's what they call him in the contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got, got Jackie, we need him. We yeah. got Jermaine, he, he writes some get... songs sometimes. T don't play the bass, that's good. We need him all kind of. But then, <laughs> and
1: then
0: and what's the other boy's name? You got Jamal, Jackie, Marlon. Oh, yeah, Marlon. Yeah. So, come on, bring Marlon, yeah. and then Randy came, and he right. was like, ah, all right, cool. That's so, how they signed him. So, yeah. I'm. Look- ah, I'm sure, a- we can't just get Michael. I'm right. looking at your parents. Your parents went to an HBCU. Kudos, yeah. Lincoln University. Yeah. You graduated from a PWI, Southwest Missouri State. Why did South- you go? Southeast. South- Southeast, my bad, yeah, my bad. not yeah, Why did you go to an HBCU? <sighs> grades uh man you made it no, back then. No, no, the great no, back then, you could get yeah, in yeah 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 no no you know what at lincoln at the time where my mother didn't went to school we went to go visit you know again hbcus or they they have to fight hard for, for you know funding. so get funding and it just was a situation where uh the southeast missouri was actually between caruthersville and st louis right so the reason it was attractive to me because that was the route that i knew right like my whole life we kind of came, go back to Carozasville when we moved to St. Louis. We go back; that was our little trip. Right. So Cape Girardeau, where it sat, it just felt like a place where I knew I was going to be comfortable right. going away. And so, and then at that time, they were doing a, a program where they really needed minority students. So they gave me the most money. Yeah, when well, you got the go. situation. So that was it. Yeah. You know, yeah, it yeah, just it's it's became a great environment. The, 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 the financial aid, financial packet, aid, the financial aid packet was, was, was a little yes, better in yeah, yeah, Southeast. Yeah. yeah, especially if you don't have no grades right you did know. you spend any time at an You have you did you did you go to lincoln did you party at Lincoln? oh yeah 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 definitely went to lincoln Party there uh that's an experience know, yeah i think everybody was, and i tell people all, i tell howard you know, we did all we went to howard you party. got you got the experience black yeah, college yeah a homecoming or a game to see the battle of the yes, band to see the, ma- yes. the major rest the drum majors to go on campus and see the step show yes yeah no they go hard like it was definitely that kind of it's environment, yeah, for sure. Like, you know. <laughs> and you realize you miss it. Like, you know, cause I remember I, I used to always want to go to Grambling. Like, you know, okay, back yeah, then. Yeah. yeah because yeah. they marching band used to be so yeah, cold. Yeah, yep. You know, I was like, man, I wanna go to Grambling. And it just looked like a fun environment. And then of course different world came in, started making black colleges look like it was like all the babes was there. You like, yeah, yeah. I wanna do that. You pledge Kappa. Yeah. How why why well, legacy, I mean, you know, like you know, you know, the, y'all pretty boys. Yeah, then a lot of people miss it when they look at me. Yeah, because I, I would put you I'm the man. I said no, I I say, say, yeah, you are yeah, close. I said you cute. I said you cute. It's the dimple. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. Hey, did I, did you get it? Because it's a lot for me to so get. So you you, you were you good were you good with the cane? Were you good? with- I was with cold with the cane. You, you cold with the cane? Come on, say come on, say. Hey. I was cold with the cane, ah. that was my move. so you know but you know So my, what was your line name yeah i was dark vader okay yeah, okay dark vader you know so but my uh my uncle my only you know coolest uncle i mean i got several uncles but my coolest uncle my mother's favorite brother was a kappa yeah, okay. so he was the guy that was that kind of sharp he is a pretty boy good looking man always yeah. been a good looking dude but you know he was that he was that family symbolism that I was like, yeah, I'm that's, that's me right there, so. Yeah. You and Steve Harvey are great friends. Steve is a Q. Yeah. You're a Kappa. How did you guys become such great friends? I mean, really, over the time, it's, it was re- really interesting. It kind of happened very early. I got stuck in Dallas one time. I was supposed to perform at, a, you know, at an all-white comedy club. When I got there, they told me they didn't need me. And I, I was supposed to make $350 I drove down there. I had $100 and was going to make $350. And they told me they didn't need me. So now... But well, I'm going to need that $350, though. Yeah. I understand. I'm not going to go on, but I need that $350. What? I need that. Like, all I got is $100 now. Like, right. I'm, that would have been $450. That's right. a whole other number. Yeah. $450, i am talking about who drinking if I got 450 <laughs> <laughs> oh. If I got four fifty on me, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah, I'm walking yeah. in the bar like, who drank it, man? Yeah, right. Yeah, but a hundred? No, uh-uh. that's all. That's... I, I, I'm drinking. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> get that one and get a single. Give me right. a single. And I'm gonna be. A, I'm gonna drink it like it's hot coffee. Whatever. So, so what was it? What was it about Steve Harvey that you said, man? This is a good dude. And uh, well, he, he's kind of always been. The person that he is like very entrepreneur very kind of yeah. go-getter uh a, a fixer so he was steve had you know he was popular on the white comedy circuit but he started a black night in dallas right so uh i went and i was down on my luck i was stuck mm-hmm. and he he knew who i was through another comedian and then put me on stage and so i went up and i rocked it he gave me five minutes at the end of the night i got a stand ovation just so happens that the headliner wasn't really killing it, and he was like, "Well, if you come back every night, I'm gonna talk to the owner see if I can give you a little something." Right. So he basically—that's what I did. I we, I came back every night. He put me on. He gave me $200, and that was that was love. And then booked me to come back as my own headliner. Right. So from there we just connected. We just became friends. We had a good vibe with each other. It was always you know cool, and it was you know turned into this. You know, brother situation. We just became partners, man. So, right. uh, it was easy. We never, you know, try to get in each other's way. He do his thing, I do mine, and we get together. We kick it, and that's it. You know. How do you? How did you become the host of a, a BT Comic View and, and Dev Comedy? Jam? How did? How did that happen? So, Dev BT Comic View really was again one of those things. I feel like it was God, great, God it was great out, comics though. that came through that. It was, man. And God be looking out because I had. I was back at home. I was in St. Louis. I was like hosting local comedy things, but I had written a lot of jokes, and I wanted to go on television, but I had been on Def Comedy Jam uh, the season before, and they wouldn't let me back on. Right. And I had all these jokes, and I was like, I got to go on TV. So I was like, I'm going to do Comic View. And I remember all my contemporaries like, man, don't go to BET after you've been on HBO. Like, that's a step down. Don't do that. You're going to mess up your... Your thing you right. know, and I was like, Oh man, I gotta get these jokes off, right? So it just so happened that DL had decided to step down. And they that year I went, they said, We're gonna find a new host by a competition, right? And but I was, I was already a beast, I didn't right. really, I was like on some others, and so I won easily right. and then became the host and became a household name, like I was, you know, because at that time Comic View came on every night, so right. it was like yes. news, so you know, you. You, you in, in, and that's why I was black famous. I right. was like in black households. Yeah. I was on every comedy night. Would, Everybody knew me. Like, yeah, I was like. Comic View was unbelievable. Yeah, and then we had, like you say, from Comic View, in, in my era, yeah, you, you had the earthquakes. When I was hosting yep. the Earthquakes, Sheryl Underwood, D.C. Curry. Yeah. It was from Dale from Gibbs, uh, Dale, Yeah. Well, Dale came from Def Jam. Yeah. She, was, she blew up on Def Jam. Uh. Uh, Chucky Ducky was on Chuckie there. Chucky Ducky. Jamario, and Jamario. Jamario, yeah. Uh, 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 hamburger. Hamburger ain't gonna happen. Hamburger. <laughs> <it. laughs> yep. Yeah, so many great people came from that that little era. Uh, right. Samoa. Samoa, yeah. Samoa, yep, one yep. of the best. She was one of the best. When you did the Steve Harvey show, did you know the Steve Harvey show was gonna take off like it did? It felt like it. You know, we were, when we did it, Steve and I, we were you know we were great friends it was his show and he asked for me he wanted me to be on his show and i actually had a deal to do my own show at that time and so i thought it was smart to ride because i actually went to go see steve do his other show me and the boys right so he used to have a show me and the boys that was dope and i went to see how it worked and it got canceled right so when i had a deal to do my own show I was wise enough to feel like I wanted to ride shotgun first. I was like, I don't want to be in the driver's seat. I want to ride shotgun and watch how it's done and do that, and so that's what I did. And it was great, because we was already partners, having a good time, we laugh a lot, and then the kings of comedy came right like in the third year of it, maybe, of of doing Steve Harvey show. and then we blew up even more so. So it was like, we just had a great run. That's what I want to ask. The kings of comedy, how did that, Group come, it was you, D.L., uh, Steve Harvey. Steve was more of the host, and Bernie. Yeah. How did how did they put you four guys together of all the all the black male comedians? Because I think they had a Queens of Comedy also. Yeah. Afterwards. Yes. How did how did they land on you four? Well, I think you know at that time you know again it was all about. Who they can who I believe it was all about who the promoter can get that he thought could sell tickets. Right. Cause Martin was his own thing. He right. was already gone, he was his own thing. And then it was like Joe toria took over, uh Joe Torria took over Def Jam after Martin, so he was his own thing. Right. And then you had all the wins and they, right. were, they was they was they was their own brand, were, right? And so Steve was hot. We had the Steve Harvey show, so we had a national TV show. Bernie Mac was the it comedian at the time. And and then DL was hot, he had a TV show. So what I think, but the first year we did it, it was just me, Bernie and, uh, just me, Bernie and Steve. Right. And Steve closed and Guy Tory was the host. He would MC it, I came out first, Bernie went in the middle, Steve closed. And then on the, uh, then as we got into the, the bigger run of the tour, we brought on DL, Steve went to the host. And even though on the special, Bernie closed, I closed that tour. So I was the last com- the last comedian on the live tour. Right. But, it, but on the movie, they just cut it. It was better for Bernie to go live. What's up, I'm John Wall.
1: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year, <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Did when you did that tour, did you like, okay, your boy here now? Oh uh, what? You can't you can't you can't hit me in the ass with a red what? eye. What? Your boy your boy landed. Straight pigeon toe. <laughs> straight dog i'm like dude this is the first time like this tour is so big it's all arenas right yeah so this is rock and roll comedy this is this is private jets leaving out on the weekend get on the private jet go to the show land everybody got their own limo right we got big suites it's just it's top of the food chain you just don't get no bigger than this and we were like making a lot of money and it was with your boys. We was having a lot of fun. Yeah. And you know, at the time, I was single, so on the first, the first Kings of Comedy, so I know. I don't you know, I'm just yeah, leaving if, it at and, that. If you want to be single again, keep I, talking. Yeah, keep talking. <laughs> 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 That's the quickest way. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. If they were to do, if they were to do a Kings of Comedy uh, right classic. now, classic. Four. Mm. Who could they? I mean, could they do a King's of Comedy with Rock, Hart, Chappelle? Could, could, could they do a King's of Comedy? For sure. I mean, those you know, they've done shows where they all... Because Rock, cause cause if together. I'm not mistaken, didn't Rock and Chappelle, an earthquake was over in London at uh, O2 at, uh, at the arena, I think, just about a month ago. Yeah, so was so out on tour, Rock is out on tour, uh on, on in london yeah. side and so they'll often get together right uh and then they did it you know uh kevin is here kevin is on tour yeah kevin around. get ready to start his, t- he yeah, about to start he his pop top. around but they did kevin and chris did a show in new york right. and then Chappelle came and they went on stage together and so that was a big deal and then Chappelle, uh he you know he'd been working he produced quakes t- yeah special yeah. so quake is you know rock, rocking with him right. a lot too so that's dope but that's it, you know what I mean? These guys are the big. I mean, people people love Cat Williams, people love you Yeah, know I look, what at, I look so at. the branding of those, you know, of those particular guys, like it's a way if they wanted to do it. But all those guys so But, but, you know, but because like basically. you said, you like you was looking like, okay, at the time Martin was a standalone guy, Tori was a standalone. And a lot of these guys are standalone. You guys were like, you know, Steve had you were in comedy, Steve was doing his thing, but you guys kinda was not to that level that these yeah. guys are now. Yeah, nah, yeah, not. We were standalone in theaters, right? And that's what made us a package for but arenas. But twenty thousand seat arenas, yeah, is something in Yeah, that's different. a different thing. It was, on, and at that time, that was just rare. So yeah, you yeah. have, you had, you had, of course, Eddie Murphy to do it, and you had Martin. I think Eddie Murphy, maybe, I don't even think he did a real tour. Right. I don't know, he did, like, he maybe did a few dates, but right. Martin did a real tour at, in arenas, right. and Dice Clay. Right. These were the kind of people that did arena tours, uh, and so it was very few people at that time being able to do it, and Kings of Comedy did the, right. the Superfest model, right. right? You know, where we put a lot of people on one show and made it a dope night. Right. And so it was extremely successful too. Is them. it true that Steve and, and and Bernie butted heads? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they were the kind of guys that they both alpha so what, males. You know, like they, they both, you know, they just saw it different. You know right. what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, they was able to get through it. You guys, is that one of the reasons why you didn't do? You did it you did the first you did the first part uh, then the second part I, I don't think I think you know, of course that was you know definitely a contributing circumstance but I also think that it had a lot to do with the the promoter on the thing because he got a bigger head than all of us right. so the dude that put his put us all together started to really think it was about him yeah. you know so it started to be that so it was a lot of those kind of elements in there where people just sometimes like, people just ruin a good thing yeah just because you know they you know he, you know, like, y'all would be together if it wasn't for me. Like, okay, bruh. Ruck like, up, nobody coming to see you. You ain't told that to one joke. Nobody coming to see you. Right. Like, you know, but. Get out there tell a joke. Yeah, that was like, yeah, that kind of thing. But now you're starting to lend your voice doing voiceovers. Yeah. And we see a lot of comedians. We see a lot of famous, a lot of actors and actresses doing this now. Yeah. You, you Boondocks, uh, Ice Age, Madagascar, Charlotte's Well, and you got got a NAACP award, image award. Yeah. So what is is it about the voiceovers that you like so much? Well, I mean, again, man, again, we grew up in an area where cartoons were king, you know. Every Saturday. But see, you only got them on Saturday. Right. It ain't like this thing, now you watch them every day. Ain't no fun. I don't want to watch cartoons. I want to watch them one day a week. Right, exactly. Saturday. Saturday morning (laughs) with the cereal. Yes. Let's go. Pajamas still on. Yes. You know, but I think that, but you know. the t-shirt is is black. But yeah, but pajamas. Yeah, yeah. We ain't really got Yeah, I'm t-shirt. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I made a three that out there people. They was like, oh, I wonder what kind of a devil you had? Like, no. a regular t Just a bragging T-shirt and some basketball shorts. <laughs> nah, I mean, you know, it was the best we could do. So, you know, But, uh, no, but, you know, like, when I started having kids, you know, you start to really think this would be cool right. for them to hear my voice in the movie. Right. And, you know, so that was became a great choice. And, you know, they actually, they, they pay well. That's the other yeah. thing that people don't know. Uh, about do- those, like those, those animated movies end up. You you be quite surprised. I remember uh, uh, Madagascar was one of those. Like when you know when the when the checks came in, you was like, oh okay. Yeah, hey, yeah, y'all y'all, be, y'all, y'all yeah. Got a sequel coming? Yeah, you can- exactly. They end up doing three of them and a TV series. <laughs> but yeah. I but I think but I think the thing is like to do voiceover, you need a very distinguishable voice well yeah i mean you know because i mean you're really only leading with your voice so the right. idea is like yeah what does the voice do uh what can you do to kind of bring this character to right. life because most of the time when you do an animation they just show you a character a steel drawing right and then right. you can decide what this character sounds like or what you want along with the director who's right. trying to get you to say all right, right cool uh we want, you know can you be a little gruffer can you have an attitude right. can you be you know those kind Cause of. Because anytime things. I hear animation, I'm always trying to guess. I'm oh who is who is this voice? I know this boy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's no, uh, that's always the case, uh, <laughs> you know, And that kind of goes like with you know doing albums. I remember doing like threats on a, on Jay Z's Black album. Right. And a lot of people for many years didn't know that was me because again it was a character I was doing and I like had a whole different voice for him and everything. So. Like that was like, you know, it was fun. And then so when people would read the thing, they like, yo, you threats. I'm like, yeah. When you do and you do a lot of singing, you Luther Vandross, and you you like the old school, you like, yeah. you, you like the soulful. And I was thinking, I'm like, man, said can really sing. You can sing for real though. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I mean, you know, and I record some songs. I just never put out a like a uh, put out a music project. Right. I think I'm going to do it though, just on just on GP right. so I right. can right. add it to that list. Right, right. Yeah. So when you when you go out there and you open up and I mean, has anybody ever told you they said man you ought to do a record bro you ought to go ahead oh for sure you know if, if one of the you know one of the biggest fans of Jamie Foxx he always like yeah come on man you should do this you know because and he's definitely a person that as a comedian has trans you know yeah. transcended it all yeah. like with big hit he, records he, he, and these. Yeah, yeah. and he's just super talented like that so but he's one the, he's a big fan of like man you need you need to sing say it. let's go you like Broadway or you gonna I did. I did. I enjoyed Broadway. It was very tough. It was one of the... That was one of these things, I say, it was the most... um, It was one of the greatest experiences in my career where I grew. Like, you know, because you get hot and, you you know, life is happening and you have really cool things happen to you where you have, like, um, you know, money milestones and stuff like that. But to, to, as, you know, to kind of like have your career popping and then do something that truly challenges you and makes you get better... that that was Broadway. It was like, it was one of those kind of experiences where I definitely would do it again, but it was hard work, it was unique. And you know, I was really glad, it's something I'm very proud I was able to do. Because when you look at it, it's different than the movies, it's different than voiceovers, because it's kind of like being a comedian because you're in front of a live audience. Yes. And the the thing is is that, like a comedian, is that you get instant gratification. You know if the joke's funny. Yeah. In a movie, you don't know. You don't, man, I think that's going to be good, but yeah. I can't wait to get the feedback. Yeah. Same thing in, in voiceovers. But that instant, I mean, obviously Broadway, they're not clap. you know, they, they yeah. wait to the end, uh, or, or you know, before what, they... What, what was hard for me is that I was doing a dramatic piece, so I was actually stretching. Right. I did American Buffalo. It's David Mamet, one of, you know, a great American writer, likes, writes a lot of words, a lot of word play. Right. And so you got to learn a lot, and you have to kind of deliver these characters. And so... With one, um, my natural instinct to be funny, was something that I had to I had to break, bring down. Break, I had to press it down. So the director knew that you know that he, he liked the the way that I was taking the character, where well, I was going to get some jokes off. But you don't have in Broadway, you don't have the ability to improv anything. Right. So you have to do what the playwright wrote. Right. And that was a big challenge for a comedian because if I see a window where I can get a joke off then I'm trying to do that. Right. And I remember I asked one night, because we were doing Broadway with Barack one, and I had a, uh, the first time he won, and I had a scene where I have the newspaper. Right. And I had this whole idea, like, it'll be dope if I say, well wow, look at that, blah, blah, blah. And you know, when I said it in rehearsal, everybody laughed, whatever I said was funny, the director loved it, and then he was like, no. <laughs> I was thinking because I thought it was about to be ba- ba- like, You're about to jump i was out like, oh, I will kill it tonight. Right. He's like, nope. Gimme said Mount Rushmore comedians. Oh man. Uh, for me, ooh, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, uh, the late Robin Harris, uh, uh, Chappelle. Uh, that's all you get. That's it. I'm I about to say, you about to keep going. I was like, yeah, see, yeah. that's exactly why you probably didn't go to, you know, you about to name five, it's only four. Yeah, so, so yeah, I didn't go to a, yeah. ABC. See, you yeah, nah, see why you didn't go by It feel like it's five people on that mountain, though. It ain't, it ain't number four. It ain't number four? A lot of people don't know that. What's next for Sid? Uh, man, you know, I'm going to continue to produce, and, and I'm, I'm producing right now. I got a lot of uh, new shows that I'm producing for other talent, developing a lot of talent. Uh, you know i'll direct more we we like I say we're blessed to be in the fifth season of the neighborhood i got a show coming out i got two shows on the bounce network that we produce my company a bird and a bear uh so we have uh the john johnson that's on bounce about a group of black men in their in their 30s friends and then finding happy is premiering this saturday on the 24th of uh of uh, september but it's gonna be uh that's the second show that we got over there is dope just creating you continue to keep keep trying to push the limit man it seems to me that you're transitioning more behind the camera than in front of the camera especially when it comes to the movie side well i like that i mean i like to be able to create i think you know i have to you know in the way these contracts are set up i just have the ability to do more of that because once you own a show like the neighborhood we we shoot 20 two 24 episodes a season. So you're locked up for nine months. So in order for me to like stay creative and stay busy, it's easier for me to create stuff for other people. And knowing that I only got three months to get a movie in. So usually, you know, we'll try to find something to do like in that break and like, you know, and try to jump in and pop off. But I I can produce two, three, four TV shows in that time. Right. So how, how much further do you want the neighborhood to go? Are you trying to go yeah. Six, ten, yeah, like, ten years. Yeah, I, I think I always loved that. Like the, what I consider legendary uh, sitcoms, they usually go eight to nine. Right. You know, of course, you have those anomalies like. I do them, know, I Friends or something, they go right. for a long time. Right. But, you know, like Seinfeld. You know, like Seinfeld. The, but they, they ride right in there, two-and-a-half-man, Raymond. They usually ride right in right nine right. years, eight, nine years. Right. Uh, and I think that that'll be a really strong run. I mean, as long as the network is loving us the way they are, uh, you know, and we having a good time. Uh, we got a great cast. I love my cast. We, I asked everybody, did, would they want to rock, you know, longer? And they was like, yeah, we having a good time. So. You know that would be the push for me is to try to get you know and in, in, you know Anthony's uh, show Black is just rent. They went eight seasons. Right. So I I feel like that's the lit you get the you, eight. Yeah. You you good. you and you reassess where you are after eight. If yeah. Exactly. Eight. Let's drink some of this yak. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know this is a uh, Laporte. I named it after you know you have after your yours after your mom, and I got this after my grandmother. Laporte is a Laporte is, is a fam- family name. Yes. Uh, it's I love Porter it. Ranch. That's good, where, good. Where, where Where's where is Cognac, is it actually from the region? Yes. It's nice. It's got a really nice body to it. Now, this is me this is me drinking, um, learning to drink wine. So now I'm like, okay, it's full body. It's, uh, there's notes of uh, summer and ass whoppington in here. You said it's name after yeah, your gross. grandmother. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I can see. You got a little butterscotch. See, you know? Yeah, a yeah, little butterscotch. Yeah, little butterscotch in there. In the yeah, this is a smooth sipper right here. It's got like a yeah, like a brandy vibe to it. Mm. Okay. Well that's I great. That's, that's, that's that beautiful, brother. man. I really appreciate it. Appreciate that's everything good. that you do. Continue success. Yeah. That's hard. Thank you, man. No problem. Just a gift? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I was, you know, no, yeah. <laughs> I really just said it on camera to make sure I got it. You give me the right? You know, know, yeah, Oh yeah. absolutely. No, Bro, I no, appreciate no. you, man. Thank you, man. Yep. Big up. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got the roll the dice. That's why all my life, I
1: have be been grinding all my life. Uh, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got the roll of